The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense for your heavenly, from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be in secret." And your Father, who sees in secret, will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners, so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden. And your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is always an amazing day here at St. Paul's, but obviously around the world, at every church, as we all gather. And today, this is our fourth of five Masses, and every single one has been absolutely packed. And it's just... A great joy to see so many people here to celebrate Ash Wednesday as we prepare this, uh, to start this incredible season of Lent. And there's many striking things about the liturgy that we celebrate that are kind of not like the norms, obviously the ashes, but there's a few other kind of hidden things as well. For example, I'm always struck at just how quickly the Mass begins. Because when you usually come to Mass, we start as we always do in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then there's a greeting. And then we have what's called the penitential rite. It's that moment we say, I confess. Or we say, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. And then we begin with the opening prayer. But today in the liturgy, the Ash Wednesday liturgy, there is no penitential rite. There's no sort of saying sorry. And why is that? Because I think that it's actually assumed the fact that you are here on this day implies that you're asking for forgiveness. That you've come here because you know you need mercy. That's the whole symbol of ashes. Repent and believe in the gospel. You are dust, and to dust you shall return, are the two things that are said as you receive ashes. It's a symbol that we have fallen into sin and are in need of repentance. 
every single one of us, myself, the whole staff, everybody here, probably most especially, and that we come here united as men and women in need of God's mercy. And I think that is what draws you here. It's a great question to ask yourself. Why did I come today? What brought me here to St. Paul's? What inspired me? What is going on in my heart and in my soul? Because it's also very interesting in the liturgy itself, what we also have is some very distinct and pretty clear imagery that speaks to something going on in the midst of all of us. And that is a war. A battle. And so actually, as you think about why did you come, I would suppose and ask you this question of if there is a war going on in my heart and my soul, what is that all about? And what would be the opposite of a war? Well, the opposite of war would simply be peace. The question is, are you at peace? Do you have peace in your heart? Truly? Deeply? Or are you at war? The opening prayer of Mass says something along the lines of this, that we begin a campaign of Christian service, a battle against evil. And we are armed with the weapons, it literally uses the word weapons, armed with the weapons of self-restraint. The opening prayer of Mass says <laughs> that we're at war. But our weapons, our battle, is very different than any other battle. And so the question is, in your heart, in your mind, are you at peace? Or are you at war? Because when we look at the world as a whole, we see a lot of war, a lot of violence. It wasn't supposed to be this way. We go back to the beginning and we know that God created everything good. He is infinitely good and infinitely loving. And he made you and I out of love. And so when this world began, there was not war. But we know that our sin has brought war and disunity into the world. Strife. Division. And in fact, we actually see that disunity, that war, in four key areas. We see that our sin has brought disunity and strife from us in relation to all of creation. It doesn't take much to look and see that we haven't treated our world very well to care for our common home, and we have abandoned, and there's a certain strife between us and nature. There's also a strife and a division between each other, men and women struggling to get along, friends, neighbors, families. How many of your families are at odds with each other? And of course, even deeper, the war goes into ourselves, that we are at war even with ourselves. That what I desire to do is not what I actually do. That I'm struggling against something, that there's not peace in my heart. Lastly, of course, and it makes sense that if we brought sin and division into the world, we would have enmity 
in strife and be sometimes at war even with God. Even with God. And so this sense that something's not right, I have struggle. Are you actually at peace? And so the question is, where do we turn? Why are you here? I would argue that in many ways, the whole reason that we're here, or what St. Paul's, what any Catholic church can offer, and there are so many different things that are good on campus, but something we can offer that no one else can is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Mercy. Hope. That we can take that sin, disorder, division, and bring a sense of peace into it. Jesus can take away sin. Only Jesus can take away sin. And once sin is taken away, then we have the ability to bring right order, peace into the world. And so what St. Paul's offers, what the church offers, is this opportunity to receive forgiveness, hope, mercy. That's what today is about. How do we get there? How do we get forgiveness? Well, it's another thing that today is about, a key theme, a word you will hear, and it's repentance. Repentance. Repent and believe in the gospel. These are the the repent and believe in the good news. Some of the first words of the gospel himself out of the words of Christ. And what is repentance? The Greek word is metanoia, which literally just means a change of mind. That I'm basically going one way, and I decide that perhaps this way doesn't work that well. And I am going to turn and try something new. I'm going to go the other way. Think about it over the last year. How many times have you tried something that didn't work? I thought this would make me happy. I thought this would bring peace, but it doesn't. What is it in our lives that will actually bring peace? That will allow us to change our minds, to turn around, and to begin anew? Again, I would argue that this is Jesus Christ. The very first reading from the prophet Joel says, Return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and with weeping. Return to me. Repent. How? With your whole heart. How many times have we tried, I'm going to give you a shot, Lord. I'm going to give you a shot. I'm going to give this church thing a shot. And then we kind of put like one foot in the door. And it doesn't work. Return to me with your whole heart. Jesus loves you and wants all of you. He wants your whole heart. And only that can bring the peace and the order that our hearts seek. That this forgiveness of sin through repentance then brings peace and order and then I can step day by day through the struggles and trials of life and there are many of those. This is what we can offer. I know that St. Paul's is far from a perfect place. There are tons of problems here, as there are anywhere. I say it somewhat, it's a cliche, I've repeated it before, that if you find the perfect church, that is awesome. You should totally join that church. 
But the moment you join that church, it ceases to be the perfect church because you are now part of it. There is no such thing as a perfect church because you and I belong to it. And yet we try. We work towards peace and right order. It's kind of strange, too, though. There seems to be some sort of contradictions, perhaps, that are kind of hard to make sense of as we do this Easter, uh, sorry, this Ash Wednesday liturgy, because in that first reading, we also hear from the prophet Joel. He says, blow a trumpet, return with your whole heart. He's basically saying that we need to make a big deal out of this. And yet also Jesus says in the gospel, literally the exact opposite, do not blow a trumpet before you. How do we make sense of that? Well, the context of the Old Testament is this prophet, as so many of the prophets were, were speaking to a very concrete time where there was a group of people who were literally worried that their entire lives, their city, would be destroyed. And so they needed to rally the troops, so to speak, to fight with repentance, to give their whole heart to this fight to save themselves. And this is what is different about the gospel. In the fight the Christian campaign, the battle against evil that we go on, is it is not an external battle. The battle that we need to fight is in our hearts. It is internal. Jesus has already paid the price, has won the external battle. He has offered himself in sacrifice out of love for you. Now what we need to do is to accept that salvation into our hearts Repent, believe, and then begin to walk as new sons and daughters of God. I'm not concerned about the evil out in the world. I'm concerned about the evil in my heart and in your heart. In changing that into what is truly good. Because only when we conquer that evil inside of us can we actually be at peace and win the war. So we do go on praying fasting, and giving alms. The three classic things of Lent that allow us to overcome our pride, overcome our lack of temperance or attachment to earthly goods, overcome greed, overcome anything that keeps us from giving our whole hearts to Jesus Christ. To seeking and finding forgiveness and to living a new life. I think we understand that Jesus can forgive our sins and does forgive our sins. But I'm not so sure that we actually believe that we can have a new life. That we can start fresh. That we can actually have peace and fulfillment where I don't desire anything but Jesus. We have to imagine a whole new reality of Jesus Christ living in our hearts and in our souls whereby he's enough. I, as a Catholic priest, do not have that much. I have foregone the beautiful gift of marriage. Believe me, I don't do it for the pay. But I am far from lonely. I have never been more happy in my life because I know the power of Jesus Christ to bring peace into my heart. My dear brothers and sisters, he's enough to satisfy. We have to return with our whole heart and trust that he can do that. Two more things. The second reading today talks about receiving the grace of God in vain. It is possible that God 
What God freely offers to you, we do not receive. He freely offers his life, his grace, the ability to overcome sin, and the ability then to live in this newness of life. But we often receive it in vain. And so what I want to encourage you today and during your time in Lent is to, first and foremost, receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you come to St. Paul's every day or this is your first time in a while. When we approach the altar, we have to understand that God's grace flows from this, but we have to be prepared. That it's essential to go to confession, to be washed free of our sins, because that is the place, that is the sacrament that Jesus established, to forgive us of our sins so that we can receive the grace of God, not in vain, but have it actually change our hearts. So if you've been away for a little while and you haven't gone to confession, I'd ask you not to receive the Eucharist tonight. It would be to receive the grace of God in vain. It would actually do more harm than help because God has given us free salvation, the free gift of repentance, particularly through that sacrament, which then allows us to receive himself and have it take full effect. That can be a hard message for some to understand, but it is rooted in mercy and truth. And to my encouragement is, and we'll make this available all throughout Lent, go to confession. What you find there is mercy, hope, healing, and peace. We need to be forgiven of our sins, which allows us to live in peace and walk as new children sons and daughters of God. The last thing I want to say for my homily today is just to share a quote from a wonderful man. His name is G.K. Chesterton. He was a convert to the Catholic faith from England, and he struggled with the teachings of the faith, tried to figure out what it was that the church taught. Is it true? And ultimately, he converted and became Catholic. And when asked, why did you become Catholic? His answer was this, to get rid of my sins. I became Catholic to get rid of my sins. He follows it up with about two more sentences. There is no other religious system that does really profess to get rid of people's sins. It is confirmed by the logic, which to many seems startling, by which the church deduces that sin confessed and repented is actually abolished. And that the sinner does really begin again as if he or she had never sinned. Why are you here? Do you have peace in your heart? How are you doing in fighting this war? You come here, you receive ashes because we know we're sinners. And that when we receive the mercy of God, especially through that sacrament of reconciliation, I begin again. My sin is abolished. I start fresh. We need Lent each year to remind us of that. The mercy offered by God to bring peace into our hearts. And so tonight, we begin again. We start again. Return to Jesus Christ with your whole heart.